Welcome to The Sweetest Little Life, where we are connecting the mind, body, and soul for women in business. This podcast is all about releasing the light in you and becoming the divine inner goddess that you were destined to be. I'm Courtney Hansen, and I'm your host, author, influencer, and coach, and I am so excited to hang with you for the next 30 minutes. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. In today's episode, we are talking with Yelly of Yoga Yelly, and she is absolutely amazing and has really found a calling in self-care. And not to get your hair done, get your nails did, but self-care from within, how to truly nourish your body, how to keep that gas tank full, and how to just thrive right now, even with the pandemic and with all the circumstances, we are still able to do things that will nourish our body, that will make us promote and live at 100%, and we can do them from our home for free. And they're just daily practices that we can incorporate into our lives. And so oftentimes the simplicity of it is so overlooked because it's made to be this extravagant thing. And so today we are talking about a lifestyle of self-care and how to truly keep your mind, body, and soul connected. Without further ado, let's welcome Yelly. Yelly, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> yes. So will you give the audience the scoop on you, your background, your journey, kind of what you're doing today and what led you there? All right. Well, that's a long story. Like, you know, we all humans have complex lifestyles, but I'll do my best to give you the mini express version. <laughs> yes. Um, my name is Yelly Staley, and I'm, I am originally from Venezuela and um, moved to the United States about close to 20 years ago. So now I'm a U.S. citizen. Um, I started, I came here to learn English and then follow in to do my master's in law. I, I was an, a lawyer before my previous life, so to speak. And then later I found yoga and um, realized how incredibly helpful was for my life and I loved this so much that I decided to become a yoga and meditation teacher. Then years passed by, I was uh, grateful to have the opportunity to run my own yoga studio in California for about close to four years. I recently sold my studio before all this madness that we're living hit and relocated back to Florida. And now I am fully dedicated to spread these teachings online. That's the short version of who I am and my story. (laughs) I love it. I know it's always like a time-lapse version. (laughs) So I know today we are going to dive deep into self-care, which I absolutely think is so important, um, especially in the times that we are currently in as a collective. And we talk so much about self-care, right? It's like such a buzzword. Yes. And I feel like a lot of times it's maybe misconstrued about what exactly self-care is. People think that they need money to do self-care or they need to leave the house to do self-care. So I would love it if you would just share your expertise on the bottom line of the definition of what true self-care is and how we can practice it in our everyday lives. Absolutely. And to just, I want to be, 
completely honest that the only reason I feel passionate about self-care practices is because I have personally go through this whole lifestyle of rushing, hard work. Like I did not have time for anything else except for just, you know, taking care of the home, going to work and doing my best. And I always put myself last and then I started to feel the burnout. So I am sharing from my personal experience and to share with you what have worked for me. But self-care, in my opinion, is a lifestyle. Self-care are little acts that you do during the day to help you tune in with what your body needs and do those uh, little acts to help you find your inner balance. And I'm talking self-care practices. I like to categorize them by different layers. So we have the physical aspect. We have the emotional aspect. We have the mental aspect and then we have the spiritual aspect so we are very complex humans being and so that's why I feel like in today's day self-care practices have been misunderstood by very superficial acts that deep down are not sustainable because it's a daily constant checking in with yourself so because of that i feel we need to first develop certain level of body awareness emotional awareness mental awareness and of course one way to help us to develop that awareness is through practices like yoga and meditation absolutely meditation has been life-changing for me and yoga too just in connecting the mind body and soul in general and just checking in with how day and where you're at exactly times with that burnout we we don't do that we get so busy and caught up kind of playing catch-up all the time that we forget to just be where we are right there Exactly. And I, I recently read a nice quote, and of course, I forget the who said it, but it's, it's not me. I didn't say it. <laughs> it says, the body needs movement, and the mind needs stillness. And I think when you combine those two, you can really tap into that inner power of wisdom. So you can identify exactly what is it that you need when you start the earliest stages of that need that the body is sending you the signal for you to address in order to avoid to become bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it will take longer to find your inner balance with whatever it is that we or you um, didn't pay attention on time because we are disconnected from our own needs. Absolutely. I think something that you touched should maybe bring up are what are signs of burnout? Like how does someone know they're getting to that point of burnout? Because I think a lot of times being able to be aware that like, hey, this is happening. These patterns and behaviors are popping up in my life. I'm starting to notice this. When we're able to step back and see these certain patterns, we're able to stop the burnout before it happens. Because a lot of times you see someone that's on fire and so passionate about something and then they just quit. And it's like we quit before, you know, we ever see the gold at the end of the rainbow because we're burnt out. We did not, you know, align ourselves correctly with our passion and our purpose. Yeah. And that's a very excellent question. And I hate to answer with depends <laughs> because we, <laughs> we all are so uniquely in the sense that what I eat last night, what I read last night 
what I did last night is going to affect how I feel today. So even though you and I are humans, you might have a different dinner than I did. You probably went for a run, but I stay at work. So what might work for me might not be the same what, what might work for you. And this is where I feel self-care is so beautiful because it literally adapts to your own personal needs and you can customize your needs. Maybe you need is a, a rest uh, for, you know, try to go to bed for six hours, but maybe that's not what I need. Maybe what I need to do is a walk on the beach, you know, so it all depends. But I know from my personal experience, I learned in my early 20s when I was in college, I realized that I'm a person that I want to give my best. I'm, I'm a Virgo, so by nature, I am a perfectionist. And so when I was going through my exams in college, I was literally giving my a thousand percent. And then sure enough, as soon as I finished my exams, I always collapsed in bed sick for a week. And it was amazing mm. how the pressure, the stress can push your immune system, push you through things, and you don't realize that you're going to collapse. And so that yeah. happens, and I became aware of that. And then every time I go through life stages that are very highly intense stress, sure enough, days or weeks Later, I literally fall sick in my bed that I cannot even move. And I thought, why do I have to always crash? What am I doing that it's not giving me the signals for me to kind of find a balance within myself? So in my case, a burnout starts to notice when I'm starting to have a little bit of light headache tension, starts to notice when I'm feeling dehydrated starts to when I'm feeling certain levels of anxiety. Anxiety is just this this feeling in my case is in the belly button or in the center of my chest. I feel like my breath is getting a little short. Um, I feel like my mind is racing a thousand miles per hour when I feel like my sleep is not as easy because I'm thinking about things to do. So those, in my opinion, in my experience, in my personal experience, are little signals that your body is going way too fast. And we need to slow down. And this is something I want to address. We live in a society globally that pushes us to be more into the yen, in the heat, in the doing, in the always trying to achieve something. And we need to normalize a little bit of the, the opposite of the yen, which is the yin. We need to normalize the space for slowing down, a space for the, the coolness, the, the space for stillness. And that's the only way we can find truly balance. So, of course, if you are talking to someone who have a high demanding job where they have to be on call on top of things, if you tell them to slow down in their mindset, they feel like they are wasting time, that they have better important things to do. But in reality, taking slowing time for yourself is actually buying you time to be more productive of the things that require your attention. So I like to always use this example of driving a car. If you start your car with a full tank and you go full speed and you start driving in the highway, you are just probably having a good time. At some point, that tank is going to go half and then it's going to go less than half and then you're going to be less than a quarter. And then you have to stop and fill the tank. If you're driving a normal car, we can go into having an electric car, but let's just keep it with the, with the normal car. <laughs> let's just keep it simple. Let's just keep it simple. So at some point, you have to stop at the gas station and fill your tank. That act itself, it, could, it, it can simulate to a self-care practice. 
So if you keep your tank halfway full, you are having a lifestyle that is sustainable for you to continue to be the best you are in whatever you do without getting to the point of burn, burning out and then pretty much having to take a sabbatic or just, you know, retreat from the world because that's the extreme and it's something that you have to do. Some people feel it immediately right back, but what about those people who keep pushing year after year after year after year and those type of stress and pushing starts developing some diseases, you know, cancer or something else. It's just the body manifesting the need for you to slow down. So, I guess the, the the bottom line is pay attention when you're starting to feel like low in energy, when you start to feel like your mind is a thousand speed per hour. And those are indications that you need to just calm down in the sense, probably sit down for maybe two minutes, close your eyes and notice your breath. And that is a really simple, free, effective self-care practice you can do at that moment. Mm, I love that. That's a perfect, perfect analogy, too. I like the car because when we're not fueling up our tank, I mean, we're just kind of running on fumes. And I love that you touched on rest because I feel that this is something that has been like completely not taken into the equation lately. When I hear, when I talk to a lot of people, I hear, you know, um, oh, you have to get up at 5 a.m. or you have to get up at 4 a.m. But here's the thing, like, yes, you're, you're productive when you have those extra hours in the morning, but on the flip side, I mean, for all the mom listeners and for all the people that have young kids and stuff, I mean, a lot of half the night with your babies, right? And so if you're already burning the candle at both ends and then you're forcing yourself to get up at 530 and you're getting four hours of sleep at night, like our bodies on a scientific level need rest. Like that's how we heal. That's how we recharge. That's one of the main things that refills our tank. And so when we're running from a state of being exhausted where that creativity is not going to be sparked, that you know, being on point and being a hundred percent and suiting up and showing up isn't going to happen because we're going to be kind of doing a half-assed job at everything that we're doing. And so I think it's really important that we listen to our bodies, that we also, I'm huge on pushing yourself too, but it's just that yin and that yang, that balance of knowing like I need to rest because sometimes, you know, like you need 10 hours of sleep. Your body needs to place in a little bit of catch up and that's okay. Like it's not, be feeling guilt or shame that you, you know, got four hours of sleep and that's a badge of honor because that's a way to run your body down. Absolutely. And and, and if you allow me, I, 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 I always have this question. People ask me, where, where, where is the best time to do self-care? And mm. that is an excellent question. And my answer will be, it's almost like you're, you're telling me what is the best time to practice yoga? What is the best time to practice meditation? And again, it depends <laughs> because, because you, our body is a very wise organism. If we really take the time to listen, the body is every time sending you signals about what it needs, whether it's, mm, I need some water, I feel dehydrated, my legs are kind of icky, I better stretch my legs, mm, I'm getting hungry, I better eat now. Like it's your body's always telling you what to do. But because we're always in the outside world, working and thinking about the external things that we need to accomplish, we disconnect that internal communication that the body is constantly sending to us. 
So the best time for self-care, in my opinion, if you want to be consistent, is throughout the day. And how is that possible? Well, very simple. You wake up in the morning, you do what you got to do in the morning. But this is my routine. I'm happy to share it. I wake up in the morning and I spend at least 10 minutes before I even get up of bed. I sit up in my bed and I, ded- I, med- I meditate for 10 minutes, sometimes mm-hmm. more. But, but, you know, I'm keeping it simple. Meditate for 10 minutes before you start your day. In my case, meditating in the morning is the best time for me because my mind is not fully awakened. So the, 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 the ability for me to actually relax and actually feel the benefits of the meditation with my breath and relaxing my body in the morning is the best time for me. Maybe not for you. Try it after lunch. Try it before bedtime. This is this is where it's funny because your body, your life is your lab. You can explore and test what works and what doesn't work. Then after that, when I'm preparing my bed and I'm just going to the bathroom, brushing my teeth, I put my headphones and I start listening to affirmations. That's self-care. I'm preparing my mindset for a wonderful day ahead of me. Then I go to the kitchen and I drink a really nice glass of water with lemon. So I awaken my organs and that's self-care. Then I prepare a healthy breakfast. That's another self-care. Then I sit down in my, in my computer, I start doing my job and look what everything I've done already. I've done meditation. I have done my affirmation. I have hydrated my body and I have a very powerful, healthy breakfast. By the time you go to lunch, you can just, you know, another healthy meal. You can maybe do a five-minute walk around to move your body. So these little acts of self-care is helping your body to always come back to balance. And so that's what I say. Self-care is deeper and simpler than just going to the hair salon and getting your nails done or drinking a glass of wine on Friday night. Those are fine, but real self-care is managing and helping your body to find that balance if you need to go to bed early because you're starting to feel tired you know that if you don't you're going to start dragging that is exhaustion for days and for weeks and it's gonna it's like a snowball it's gonna get bigger and bigger so the more intuitively we are connected to what the body is asking and you are able to give it in a daily day like a lifestyle you're taking care of yourself the, mo- the better mom you can be, the better worker you can be, the better wife you can be, the better daughter you can be. It's all about always keeping your tank halfway or even full. And so these little practices are very effective because you feel good with yourself. Everybody wants to feel good with themselves. So picking something to help you feel good, it's, I think it, it, should, be, it should be an easy uh, decision throughout the day. Oh, that's a good one. You know, uh, this is so perfect that you brought that up, um, that you meditate first thing in the morning, because every week we are doing something new where we're answering um, our guest uh, questions that they are asking. And so one of the questions that we got last week was, how do you meditate in the mornings and not fall back asleep? Which I thought was so perfect and so worthy of being talked about, because I think a lot of times we think of meditation, a lot of people do it before bed and they use it to relax and fall asleep. But really when you're doing a true meditation, we want to stay awake for that. And when we're in that theta state, when we first wake up, that's when we're most able to connect with source, God, light, love, whatever you want to call it. 
But that is when we are the most aware, our subconscious is the most active when we're still awake. And so connecting at that time is so important and magical. So I would love to hear your tips on how you meditate in the mornings and still feel refreshed and not groggy. Yeah, and that's a very excellent question. And I have the... The, I was fortunate to do a yoga and meditation retreat early last year before all this uh, pandemic hit us here in the States in 2020. Um, I was lucky to do a yoga meditation retreat with Deepa Chopra. And that question actually came um, into um, the group because we were waking up every day at six in the morning to meditate for 30 minutes. And a lot of people were like, I, I, I'm falling asleep. How do I keep awake during the meditation? And the answer was very simple. If you are falling asleep in meditation, your body needs to sleep. Just mm. fall asleep. Then once your body has the rest enough, then is when you're going to be able to stay awake in, in that sense of awakeness during the meditation. So, if you're waking up early and you're meditating and you're falling asleep, by all means, please sleep more, stay in bed. When you feel rested, when you feel that your sleep is a little bit catching up, start with five minute meditation and see how far, how, 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 if you can stay awake for that long. And then if, if so, then extend it to a 10 minute meditation. But don't judge yourself. Don't criticize yourself. Meditation is not about doing it right or wrong. It's a process. And every, every time you try, it's part of the process of meditating. So the fact that you know that you fall asleep is raised. Remember, meditation is awakening the awareness of your mind. So if you notice, oh, I'm falling asleep, that already is, is the meditation taking place that you are observing your own behavior and your tendencies. And that is amazing because that's exactly what we want. So once again, if you feel in asleep, fall asleep. Try to meditate maybe another time during the day and see if you feel a little bit more awake, but be able to stay focused so you can relax as you focus on your breath, for instance. So yeah, if you're falling asleep, you need to sleep. <laughs> Simple as that. Yes. Okay. I'm going to do one more question that's on meditation because I always try and group them according to the podcast guests. Okay. Let's do this one. This is a good one. Okay. How long should I meditate? What is a standard meditation? I love that because I don't think there is a standard meditation. I think you kind of just touched on this. I mean, you can start out slow. I think a lot of people kind of squirrel when they start out. They can't concentrate. It's really training yourself to get to that place. And so even if you can only do a minute starting out, like a minute's better than nothing, and then just build your way up. And I think, you know, it's it's no one's fault because honestly, we have not been told how to practice self-care. We don't we don't really understand the importance or even where to start on how to do it. And yet alone how to meditate, the importance and how to do it. We have yeah. these expectations, we read things, people tell us things, but at the end of the day, each person's experience is what is going to define what the practice is for them, right? So if you have somebody who's been meditating for, let's say, 20 minutes every day, 
and you feel like you want you want to start the practice, that doesn't mean that you need to sit for 20 minutes just to be like that person or to consider your meditation be to be good or productive. So I want everybody to give themselves the space and the opportunity to start from the beginning, especially when we are trying new things. Allow yourself to be a beginner. Allow yourself to explore how it feels for you. There is not a standard meditation. You you say it beautifully. If you have the time to sit in silence, quiet, and close your eyes for one minute, and during one minute you observe, if your mind is distracted, if you are having expectations of what the experience should be, if your body aches, if you feel you want to sneeze, all that is part of the process. Meditation is active. Is only when we are in a regular meditation practice for years on a daily basis on the same schedule at the same time that maybe those distractions of the mind, the body, sensations, they are going to be less and less. And it's going to give you more the opportunity to dive more into that inner stillness. But don't expect to dive into inner stillness on your first meditation in your first second because that's unrealistic. So give yourself the space to slowly explore and grow and mature in your practice and not, don't compare with your experience with somebody else. Because like I mentioned in, before, we're all different uh, humans with different energies, with different backgrounds and history and traumas and, and emotions. So it would not be fair to you and your practice to, to try to match or be close to something or someone that you're trying to mimic. It's, it's good to have the inspiration to be consistent, but don't don't put uh, expectations of, of how it should be or when it should be your practice evolve. Yeah. And I think combining yoga with that too is a really good way to start practicing because if you're just doing meditation and you're not doing yoga, that's great. But for me personally, when I first started doing meditation, I could not concentrate to save my life. And so being able to do yoga and get in that practice of being still for a few minutes before the practice and doing savasana after the practice really kind of trained me to be comfortable in my stillness and be comfortable in my body. Because a lot of times when we start, we are so like crawling out of our skin because we've never experienced that feeling before. So it's really just being so graceful and so patient with yourself and just continuing to practice. Absolutely. And and just so people know, yoga, what, what we know as yoga here in the West is mainly the asana, which is the postures that we see in magazines and, and social media. That's that's just one of the eight practices of yoga, which is sadly is not is not what I call the juice of the yoga, right? But we we are attracted to the asanas because we are physical. We see tangible things. We live in a material world, so that's what caught our attention. So if you have never meditated and you now out of the blue decided to meditate, it probably is going to be the most painful experience ever because. Like I mentioned before, we are living in a yen overstimulation and then out of the blue, you're going to shut everything down. You're going to go ballistic. So <laughs> going to an asana practice using your body where your teacher is going to direct your attention to notice your breath, to notice your mind, to move the body in certain position. You're moving the energy. You're moving the excess or lack of energy inside the body to find a little bit of balance within you.
So the asana practice, to be honest, we practice asana to prepare the body for meditation. And that's why mm-hmm. at the end of the practice, most teachers close with either shavasana, where you're laying down with your eyes closed, letting the practice to be absorbing your body, or some teachers close with meditation because after you move the body, imagine you are running for a marathon, and then what is it that you do after you're running? You want to sit down and chill out, don't you? This is exactly the same what happens with the med- with the asana practice. You do your asana, and then at the end, hopefully, your body's a little bit more open to perhaps embrace a little bit of silence. And so baby steps, everything is baby steps, but that's a great, great point. Yeah, I know. That just dawned on me when we were talking. I was like, yeah, it all is connected. Yes, it is. It's all <laughs> very connected. <laughs> So for the audience, I know we're kind of running out of time here, but one last thing I think I would love to chat on. When someone is starting with self-care, what are small things? I know you mentioned drinking water first thing in the morning, kind of just hydrate your body. Because if you guys think about it, you just went eight hours without any water in your body. So you're dehydrated. The second you wake up, you need water. You need hydration. And that's like what kickstarts everything in your body to wake up. And so that is so important. And I think a lot of us miss that crucial step or don't think of it as self-care. So I love that you mentioned that. But what are some other things if someone's feeling that they are at that burnout phase? What are some things that they can do to fill their tank to really start to feel that rejuvenation faster and get that spark back? Like, what do you do to really spike your creativity when you're just feeling blah? Well, I'll share with you five things that I do that anyone can do. It's absolutely free. You can do it as often as you like during the day. And it really um, helps you to take care of different layers of um, self-care, as I was talking about. So the first one is going to be journaling. Journaling is going to help you take care of your emotional self and your mental self. There is a lot of stuff sometimes we we keep in inside ourselves that we just don't know how to say it or how to express it. And then mentally it helps because your mind might be have a thousand things it wants to do and you're planning and organizing, but it, it, it's just hovering there like a cloud. So when you put all that in writing, you're almost like draining that energy out of you. And it just really opens up for like a, a, a sensation of release. So journaling, writing on a piece of paper or a notebook, it doesn't have to be perfect. Don't worry about grammar. If you speak different languages and you mix, that's okay. Just let it everything out. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. Just write things down. That's a really, really good way of um, self-care. And how long do you journal? As long as you like. Some people write for hours, five minutes. How often? As often as you feel that you want to express and leave things out of the chest. It's almost like you're venting and it's right there in writing. Another great way to practice self-care when you find yourself a little bit um, downed, um, let's say, fearful or negative or pessimistic. Uh, And a a good way to shift that is to practice gratitude. And gratitude is very powerful because it, it, it enhances 
and opens your eyes to all the blessings that you already have in your life. And it can be as simple as saying, I am grateful that I'm able to breathe clean air. I am grateful that I can have access to clean water so I don't have to walk miles to get water. I am grateful for my home. I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful for the food that is in the refrigerator that keeps my body strong. I'm grateful that I'm alive, regardless of the issues or problems you might be facing. You are still here. Every day is an opportunity. So gratitude helps you to shift that perception of lack, a perception of not enough to the opposite. Another great uh, self-care practice, it's one of my favorites, is affirmations. You can find so many affirmations nowadays in Spotify and YouTube. Um, there are many, many, many sources out there. And affirmations, what they do, they help you to restructure your subconscious. Um, sometimes um, we hail traumas or believe the first seven years of our life, we mimic our environment. And sometimes we don't remember what that environment was, but those self-beliefs are responsible for how we you know, embrace our life in the years ahead. So affirmations are a great way to restructure your subconscious, to build your self-esteem and confidence and belief in yourself we are our worst critics sometimes. We treat ourselves really, really harsh. So developing that sense, uh, sense of self-compassion and kindness to yourself, it's, it's a, the most beautiful act of self-care. Noticing when you're judging too harsh on yourself, noticing your dialect with yourself and just be a little bit more accepting and embracing everything that you are exactly as you are because you're perfectly beautiful and there is only one you. And last... Uh, meditation and yoga, two kinds of self-care. You don't. I know many places yoga studios are closed and meditation might sound like, a, oh, that's too harsh. But there are a lot of uh, sores out there. You can start with one minute uh, meditation, just focusing in your breath, coming in and out of your nose for one minute, put a timer on your phone. And that it's, it's, it's a baby step to start to taking care of where the mind takes you because the mind out of control it's it's something that we need to uh, claim the power that you tell the mind where you want to focus your energy and attention and notice sometimes the mind takes us to other places that bring some sort of emotions and anxiety so controlling the mind so to speak it's, it's a wonderful uh, practice for taking care of yourself. And of course, yoga, because it helps you to move the body, the lymphatic system needs to be clean. And the only way to do that is by movement. So yoga, obviously, it helps with movement and stretching and strengthening. And as we get older, we, we need to maintain that flexibility and that strength. But as we know, the asana is just the tip of an iceberg for a more deeper uh, care for your spiritual and mental self. So these are things that I think you can do on a daily basis. Uh, like I say, they are free and you can explore which one resonates the most with you. Watch what you eat. Try to choose things that enhance your nutrition and your health. Uh, drink lots of water. Water is so vital. We overlook the importance of water. We're so addicted to coffee or tea or alcohol and water honestly it's all we actually really need to drink right, right. everything else is just like it. it's just a little bit of luxury so to speak but it's just 
trust me, self-care is, is, is simple, but it's so simple that we are so complex that it feels complex. But once you start to tip your toes in it, you, you realize it's, it's just a beautiful lifestyle yeah, and you're going to feel amazing. Is. Yeah, it's, it's life-changing for sure. I know I preach that all the time, but I feel like until you really experience it and give it a go, you don't get like the, you're like, oh yeah, it's life-changing. That's great. But no, it really does change your life on so many levels. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just beautiful how everyone's journey is just so unique and so special. And you just find what you need from it. Yes, and, so, and that's why we're here to to explore and experiment what works for you. Yes, exactly. So where can the audience connect with you? Well, I have my website. It's uh, yogayelly.com. And uh, you can uh, visit there. And I actually have a free self-care toolkit for 30 day for mindful self-care practices challenge. <laughs> so if you need help in how to start, have no idea what you can do. Um, I invite you to visit that website, download it, and you are going to have a beautiful 17 pages where I explain and give you different tools for you to explore, at least just to get you started into the process. Um, I'm on social media as well, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to practice with me, I'll be delighted to have you. Um, Yoga Yelly is my handle. Uh, I love that. I'm going to put it on your videos. Ooh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been truly my knowledge. It is my pleasure. I mean, the more people uh, realize that the power lies within them to for them to build a magnificent life that they deserve to feel their best and be happy internally. They, it's for me, it's an honor. So thank you for for sharing the microphone to help others out there. Yes. I hope you guys loved today's episode. Yelly is absolutely amazing. I love her story and the journey that has led her to where she's at. I will include in the show notes the self-care that she was talking about that you can sign up for for free. So just some amazing tools that you can use if you're just feeling stuck or you don't know where to start or you're having a hard time making it a habit, right? Because we have to just continue to show up even when we don't want to. If we just continue to do it, pretty soon it's going to come so naturally and that is how we build a new lifestyle. If we're stuck in bad habits, if we're stuck in things that we don't necessarily want to do or things that aren't aligning with our purpose, it's always okay to change lanes. It is always okay to start over and be like, this isn't working. And so it's allowing ourselves grace in that process because I know sometimes it can be really frustrating. So having the assistance and the guidance can be so helpful. But I hope you guys absolutely love today. We are going to be chatting so soon and I have a surprise for you next week. So stay tuned. If you are looking to sign up as part of our spiritual collective and get all the freebies that we offer weekly from courses to giftings, you name it, it's there. Of course, with our just standard show notes. So if you missed the episode, you can gaze over, get caught up, super quick, super easy. Go to www.thesweetestlittlelife.com, click on podcast and enter your email. Easy as one, two, three. 
Don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave a comment of any questions you would like answered in future episodes. I am so excited to be involving everyone in the audience and answering your specific questions each episode with the guests that can answer it best. Love you guys all so much. 